Hello and welcome to a God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for joining me here today. So before I introduce my guest, I want to ask everyone for a favor. So if you would take a screenshot wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, so whether that's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, take a screenshot of the episode and post it on your social media. When you do that, I would love for you to number one, tag us here at A God Shift, and then tell me your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why do I do that? I do that not because I'm measuring the the vanity metrics of the number of downloads. I honestly have no idea how many times this podcast has been downloaded, and I don't necessarily care for number's sake. But what I do care about is getting this information into the hands of as many people as possible so that we are changing the lives of as many people as possible and so that we are all doing our part to grow the kingdom. So thank you in advance for doing that. So I am excited today to interview this guest. We had the opportunity to connect maybe two or three weeks ago and I feel like that she is my sister from another mister. And so I have been looking forward to this episode all week. So I am going to read her bio and then we're gonna get into what I know is gonna be a fabulous conversation. So my guest today is a kingdom consultant. She is the founding pastor of Creative Worship Center. She is a publisher and she is also a speaker. She is the author of a couple of books, Streaming Prayers, Dialogues with God, and Guide My Feet, Ministry Transformed Through Mentoring. And she is also published in multiple publications. She holds a degree in transformational leadership, a doctor of ministry degree, and a master's of divinity degree. She is all around amazing, and I am so happy to have her on the show today. So welcome to A God Shift, Cecilia Greenbar. Well, thank you so very much for having me on your podcast, and I really do appreciate this opportunity to speak to your audience and to talk about when God begins to shift things. And you're right. I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time myself. So I'm all yours. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're here. So I want to lay a little bit of a context for this conversation because you and I have talked, you know, in recent weeks about like, what is a God shift? But when most people hear that I am the founder of a God shift and my podcast and radio show and everything else is called a God shift, they're always like, what is that? Like, it sounds intriguing, but I would be lying if I just said that I understood what it was. So my definition of a God shift is the moment that you unlock your kingdom authority, collide with God's purpose, and then that moves you into a greater destiny. So in essence, I feel like my definition of kingdom authority, because that's what this conversation is going to be centered around today is kingdom authority. So when I think about kingdom authority, Mm -hmm. I think about our birthright 
of mm-hmm. all the things that we've been authorized to do that allows us to kind of activate God's promises in our lives and activate scripture. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you, Cecilia, like what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Well, I would have to start with the scripture that I heard many years ago, but it didn't have fullness of understanding. Let this mind be in you. That's also in Christ Jesus. So kingdom authority begins for me with that passage of scripture. I heard it. I thought I understood it, but until I really understood what was in the mind of Christ, it didn't really have full effect in terms of kingdom authority. Because first and foremost, I didn't understand kingdom. I did not understand what that meant in the context of Jesus coming and with us being under a new covenant. I didn't understand any of that. I was very much um, a church girl. I've been in church all my life. And I did not understand authority, kingdom authority. I understood church, but I didn't understand authority. But when I started getting the mind of Christ, for which I had to pray for yeah. That's when I began to understand that the kingdom and churchdom are not the same thing. That's so good. And, you know, I found, you know, I find that there's things that are clear to us, but they may not be necessarily clear to everyone. And so two weeks ago, at the time of this recording, I was actually at an event and my literary agent and myself were meeting with multiple publishers. And what I found over the course of that weekend is that the word kingdom for some people seems very abstract and they don't really know what that means. And and for other people, when I say kingdom authority and I say we have kingdom authority, they question whether or not I'm talking about like some of the new age stuff that is, you know, not of God. And so, you know, in description, I've now been saying God given authority. And then after I have the opportunity to explain it, I say, now that's kingdom authority. And and this is why. And so when you think about your understanding of kingdom authority, and you think about the definition that you have began to embrace over the years, can you think of a time in your life, when you look at all of the things that you've done and all of the things that you have been able to achieve? Has there ever been a time in your life that you've actually had to exercise kingdom authority in order to get to where you are today? Oh, we only had 30 minutes. So, (laughs) but in so many instances, it's almost like you can't unknow a thing. So when Holy Spirit brings you into revelation, you have a choice to make. You can ignore it and act like it doesn't exist, or you can say, all right, Holy Spirit, here I am. Use me as you will. And so that's what I began to do when I began to understand that there was a difference. But in the process of that, what I also learned is from um, 1 Corinthians 5, 16, that we should know no one by the flesh, but know them by the spirit. And what I always tell my church members is that spirit, no spirit. And so when you begin to walk in the authority that we have in Christ Jesus, guess what? Not only do you know it, but the other spirits around you recognize this is someone who knows who they are in Christ. So then you start experiencing pushback and And it's not always warfare, but you know that things shift when you walk into a situation and you know it's not personal, 
it's that spirit, no spirit, sort of like when Jesus walked into the temple and um, a demon possessed person almost lost their mind. What are you doing here? You, you know, you're before your time. So in ministry, because I was spirit filled before I became an ordained minister, um, I early on began to experience that spirit knowing spirit where I had to stand in authority. Um, and because I was in a construct that was heavily upon hierarchical measures, I couldn't speak out what I wanted to speak out. So I had to command situations by the authority given to me in Christ. It was almost one of those situations where I can't say what's on my mind, but by the spirit of God, I can exercise authority here and things will begin to shift. Yes. And no one can say, you know, Green Bar is not respecting authority, blah, blah, blah. But everything in the realm of the spirit knows that someone who is exercising her rights as a kingdom citizen so all me, through ministry. Absolutely. So let me ask you a question, because there may be someone that is listening to this conversation that says, I still have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> so when you say that you actually were positioned to command authority. Did you command that with your words? Did you use authority through your presence? How did you, how do you feel like you actually demonstrated that you had that kingdom authority? Was it with your words? Okay. So I remember I walked into a church meeting that um, a hierarchical church meeting and one of my officers had already arrived before me. And she would say, Pastor, when you come into a room, you don't even say anything. But, you know, people begin sometimes to scatter. Why? Spirit knows spirit. So when we carry the spirit of the Lord, we don't always have to say anything. It, it is the presence of God in us and through us that begins to bring the light. And darkness cannot remain comfortable when there is light. So we bring light everywhere we go when we are spirit filled and we know it, the mind of Christ in us. So we don't always have to say things. So sometimes I would just come and I would come wherever God would send me. Okay. So when you're on assignment, there's an authority that comes with you when you're walking in your assignment. In other instances, I would speak, but I would not have to say a lot. Mm. I wouldn't have to say a lot, but when I knew when I'm reading when I am quiet before God and I know that there is an uneasiness in the spirit, right? Then I would begin to ask Holy Spirit, okay, what's in this room? It's the gift of discerning of spirits. Tell me what I'm dealing with in this room and how do you want me to handle it? So I'm having a conversation with Holy Spirit while people are around me doing whatever it is that they're doing. And once I get clarity, discerning of spirits as to what's in operation and how Holy Spirit wants me to deal with it. What do you want me to say? Do you want me to do something? You might just want me to wave my hand. Yes. It's however he wants me to move. I just move the way he tells me to move. I do what he tells me to do. And then things have to line up based on what God has said to do in that situation. Now, if I say something, I'm not going to be rude because then that doesn't show forth the love of God. It doesn't show forth the ability for reconciliation, but I don't have to be snappy. I don't have to 
you know, have my neck going all side to side. I don't do any of that. Yeah. I just say what the Lord wants me to say. Sometimes you can speak at a whisper. It doesn't matter. And depending upon the situation, I might have to just very quietly start praying in tongues. Yes. I'm just saying it depends on what is going on. And I've had all of those situations over the years. And I just began to pray in the spirit. And because the people around me knew that I was spirit filled, you know, they would kind of chuckle and laugh often because they would make fun. But in my mind, I'm like, make fun all you want, but God's getting ready to shift something in here. So let me just keep praying in the spirit until I get a word of wisdom on how to move out. Absolutely. And I want to point Mm -hmm. out something that you said, because the power and authority that we have. So there's a formula that I give oftentimes when I speak and I call it the um, the ABCs to unlock heaven. And the C in that formula is confession. And I mentioned to people that one of the most powerful weapons that we have as a believer is our mouths. Mm -hmm. But what I love about what you just mentioned is that sometimes power and authority shows up in your mere presence. And so Mm -hmm. you don't always have to be using your words in order to be in a position of power. Now, our words are powerful. In fact, the scripture tells us that that life and death lies in the power of our Mm -hmm. tongues and the words that we speak Mm -hmm. with our mouths. But there are some times that the situation causes for you just to be able to come into a room and the Mm -hmm. atmosphere has no... um, choice, but to shift. And it's because of the power of the Holy Spirit that comes out of you just by your mere presence. And so audience, I hope that you pick that up, that sometimes throwing your authority around is not by you ranting and raving and declaring to everybody that you're powerful. Sometimes Mm -hmm. your power shows up in the room before you ever even open your mouth. May I follow up on that? Please. Two things. First, I'm always reminded of Moses. Remember, when he would spend time in the presence of the Lord and would come out of his presence, his face was glowing. It scared the people, but his face was glowing because of the time he had spent in the presence of the Lord. That, that's the first thing I think about, even with us, that when we come into situations, spirits and people are responding to what what is an inner glow, which is Holy Spirit, the anointing, from the time we have spent in the presence of the Lord. That's the first thing. The second thing that is very critical is what I call that preemptive work. So on on a regular, in the morning, I spend anywhere between two and three hours with the Lord every day, right? Every day I'm reading, I'm listening to hear what the spirit of the Lord wants to say. We're having a meeting. We're fellowshipping, right? I'm worshiping. Sometimes he has things he says. Sometimes he doesn't. Either way, this is our time. And he'll give me things to pray about that I might not walk into for another week, mm-hmm. right? I might not, like this morning, he some of the things I was praying about in the spirit, I might not walk into that. That was preemptive work for something that might come a month from now. Right. So when we're walking into rooms and meetings and situations, answering the phone for those unexpected conversations that need, you know, I've taken people through deliverance on the phone, gotten them filled with the Holy Spirit on the phone, 
but there was some preemptive work that took place in the in the meeting time that I have with God on a regular. And when I meet with him, it's not because I'm trying to get assignments or any of that. It's just a part of the lifestyle of being a prophet and an apostolic prophet at that. Right. I'm writing these notes down. I can't write fast enough. So I'm curious, Dr. Greenbar, when you when you look at the fact that over the years you have identified that you have kingdom authority and you've really mastered learning how to use it. I can imagine, you know, that it that it wasn't always that way. Most of us aren't born understanding authority or, or knowing how to walk in it. But when you look back over your life of the different times that you've had to learn, that you've had to use your kingdom authority, what did you learn during those processes? Well, I, I would have to say the first thing I learned is I don't think I've mastered it, honestly. I know what I know, but I know that what I know is not all that there is that God wants me to know. For sure. How about that? <laughs> so, um, so when I look back, when I look back, each, each lesson, I remember when God took me to war college, his war college. Um, when he told me, I'm like, what are you talking about? I never heard of any such a thing. Each lesson in authority, each demonstration, each lecture, each on-the-job training. Can I tell you that I was afraid mm. at each lesson because I didn't have a mentor, not a mentor in the things of the spirit. Um, Dr. Samuel D. Witt Proctor was my ministry mentor, but in the, what we're talking about now, kingdom, I didn't have a mentor. Um, I did meet on more than a few occasions Dr. Miles Monroe, um, but I could not consider him a personal mentor. I mean, I met him and had conversations with him, but it wasn't like yeah. that. So Holy Spirit was my mentor. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I had a flesh and blood person to talk to. That's why I spend so much time mentoring others, because I know what that's like. Right. And so but I had to lean on Holy Spirit. And every time he would take me to a new level, let's be clear, I was often scared. Number one, I never want to misrepresent the Lord. And number two, I'm in situations sometimes where God might be taking, you know, a baby through deliverance or I'm like, I don't want to mess this up. OK, that's, what, <laughs> you know, I don't want to mess this up. Or if he sends me into a really peculiar circumstance and there's no cliff notes on this. There's no book I can pull out. None of that. I just have to move out in what I know move out in faith, right? But at the same time, if I'm looking at someone whose life is dependent upon me exercising authority so their life can be reconciled to God and reconciled perhaps to their relatives, et cetera, I don't want to mess it up. And so that might just be me in my own head. I don't know, but since God called me and he knows how I am, you know, he has to tell me often, just move out in what I showed you. So every time I go to another another expression of authority, I, I do have some trepidation like, oh, God, we've not done this before. Yeah, um, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to mess up. I guess that's the only way I can put it, you know, and but this the the caution there is there have been times when God has told me to prophesy and and I didn't, I didn't want to prophesy. I didn't, I did not grow up in this kind of an environment. I, I grew up in a mainline tradition that this just wasn't right. 
And so I'm, I'm out here, Lord, and you want me to prophesy. You want me to cast demons out of people. You want me to lay hands on people so that they can be healed. Okay. I really don't want to mess this up, <laughs> um, but I would have to remind myself that God called me. I have to operate in faith and also, uh, girl, if you mess up, the Lord can still fix it because you're the conduit and he knows you're not trying to misrepresent him and the people are coming by faith. He can still meet their need, even if you mess up. So that has helped me along the way um, to recognize how to operate in kingdom authority, even when I am feeling some kind of way. And I must admit when I'm in my flesh, because it's only the flesh that's causing one of us, you know, causes us to feel like I'm afraid, like I might do something wrong. That's the flesh. That's not the spirit of God speaking. And what I really appreciate about what you're saying is that that walking in authority, that there still should be a level of checks and balances. There should still be a level of being sensitive to what the spirit wants you to do, because what I don't ever want anybody to get it twisted is that, you know, I say all the time, like God has the power. We've been given the authority and the two of us together can partner to, to do some bad things. And I mean, bad meaning bad, not bad, you know, bad meaning good, not bad. Meaning mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. But, um, but what, but we always have to be sensitive to what it is that the Holy spirit is nudging us to do in that moment. And for those of you that might be listening right now, that this may be a new concept, Think about your inner knowing. Think about your gut feeling, your nudges, your what we have been tr- conditioned to call our intuition. That is the Holy Spirit that is inside of you that is giving you those, those nudgings or those you know pauses or whatever. And so when you're walking in authority, because I don't want us to misuse, just like we, we don't want police officers to misuse and abuse their authority, I don't ever want anybody to be so pumped up when they get done being around the bot, the, the God shift crew and realize that, oh, I've got authority. You, you can't misuse it either. It's so important, like you said, to be sensitive to how the spirit is asking us to use our authority. Even in the example that you gave, you may be working with somebody. And I'm assuming that when you said a baby, you meant a baby in the faith, a baby no. in their walk, or you, you literally meant a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've taken babies through deliverance. Okay. I thought you were talking about someone that was newer. And so even with that, we have to, we have to be mindful of the dosage in which, you know, when you take medicine, you might take one Tylenol and it might be 250 milligrams, but you take another type of Tylenol and it may be you know, 500. We need to be careful in what doses we pass out our authority based on different people that we're that we're with or the environments that we might be in, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think the reason we're able to be responsible in our assignment is because technically it's, I guess we could say it's really not our authority, it's delegated. Is it's the Lord's, right? Yes. So we're we're operating under delegated power, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's very difficult to abuse something when you know it's not really yours. It's delegated to us. Definitely. But I have seen people who um, they start out. Okay, can we talk about how seductive flowing in the 
um, power of God and the gifts of God can be because sometimes people are flowing in their gifts and they think they're exercising authority please do and so then they become see the people who are receiving many times they can't articulate what they see that's drawing them right so they don't know if the gift is drawing them or if the anointing is drawing them or the authority that is commanding the atmosphere is drawing them. So the people may not necessarily know. And what's the difference for somebody that might be listening that goes, oh, I thought gifting and anointing was the same thing. So how do they, what's the difference between the gifting, the anointing and the authority in your opinion? Okay. So let's talk about the easiest way to see this are in people who sing, right? Great example. People who sing. All right. Now, you can take a person, and I'm not going to call any names, but I'm sure there are uh, female as well as male singers who come to mind. And the tonality of their voice is splendid. That's a gift. Yes. Okay. The tonality is splendid. And it doesn't matter what they're singing. Yeah. They can hit their notes with precision and completely convince you of whatever it is that they're singing. That's a gift. And that's just, you know, they're talented, they're gifted, but the anointing rides the wave on that voice to break off heaviness, et cetera. It's the supernatural on their natural. So you can hear a talented, gifted singer who Let's say they sing gospel and they are in a place in their life where they're walking close to God. And so the Lord puts his presence on their ministry of song and you can feel it as soon as they open their mouth. I even right now I have one singer in my mind. I know she sings secular music because it pays more, but that girl needs to forever and always sing gospel because I don't. Uh, she can break out in a gospel song in the middle of her R&B concert and everybody is weeping before the Lord because the anointing is on her gospel. And I'm not going to call use the word and you feel it because yes. to me, you can have an anointed singer that you feel the song more and it actually shifts the atmosphere. And like you said, can even that has the ability to break a heaviness off of you. Yes. But when it comes to the gift, they may not be as gifted as a singer as someone else. That's the other side of it. Exactly. So quality to their voice, but when that anointing is on their voice, that's when you're like, listen, there's something about when that person sings, they may not be as gifted as a singer. They may not be Mm -hmm. as talented as as a singer, but when they sing, I feel better. Yeah. So it works both ways. It works both ways. But the, but for the person who's not the greatest singer, but you can, you can experience the presence of God on their voice. It's clear they're anointed. Exactly. But for the person who is an awesome singer, people who can't discern the presence of God will confuse that with anointing because it sounds good. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's so good. Well, we're going to pause for a quick commercial. And when we come back, I want you and I to share some tips and advice of how people can begin to bring all of these things together in their life. All right. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. 
Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So Dr. Greenbar, Dr. Greenbar, before the break, you and I had some very, for what some people are going to be deep conversations and some concepts that may be new to them. But even for the people that the concepts have not been new to them, there could be some people that are listening to this episode that goes, okay, Dr. Greenbar has learned how to walk in authority in her experiences. Shana has clearly learned what kingdom authority is because she's got a book about it and a platform about it and everything else. But if you're listening, if you're, if you're talking with someone that is listening to this episode and they are actually struggling to figure out how they can walk in their own authority to be able to shift their life in a better way, what would be the best tip that you would give them of how they can exercise their kingdom authority? Everything that we do in the Lord first begins with us humbling ourselves to God. Moving past Jesus being our savior and moving into that relationship where he is our Lord. So if we could just take our eyes for that person, that person, take your eyes off of what's my authority? What's my authority? Remember, it reminds me of that book that came out years ago, you know, God, you know, ch- purpose driven church. What's my purpose? If yeah. we just take our eyes off of where, where's my authority? How can I use it? Just let's just step back for a minute and get to the core of what it means to be in the kingdom, which means that our relationship with the Lord is on a solid place of I humble myself before you, God. And um, you remember that song we used to sing, anyway, you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Yeah. yeah, when we get back there, that we are so satisfied just in his presence, right? We're just so satisfied when he speaks to our hearts, no matter what he wants to say, when, when the love relationship with the Lord is central to our life, then we will look up and we'll start getting assignments from God. I want you to speak to that person walking through your neighborhood. That's an assignment. Mm-hmm. May not seem like much of one, but when we are walking in humility and loving relationship with the Lord, we recognize that every assignment has layers and dimensions to it. So we become faithful to the few things that God asks us to do. And we start asking, well, God, what do you want me to say to the person? Yeah. See, the authority is not like putting on a pair of shoes. We grow in it through our experiences and trust. God has to make sure that we're faithful. A lot of Christians don't like to go through the faithful test, but you can't escape it. So it's the relationship that has to be primary. Make sure that we are being humble before the Lord and then are faithful to whatever he tells us to do and ask questions. You want me to go talk to to the person walking down the street? God, what's on your heart? What do you want to say to that person? What do I do if they resist? You. When you ask the questions for that assignment, God will respond and will tell you scriptures 
No, it, now you got to read the Bible. Okay, let's. Yeah. I'm just. I gotta, you got to read the Bible because the let's, Holy let's Spirit. Just assume that's understood. Okay. Yeah. So holy, yeah. But you know these days, so Holy Spirit will start giving you instructions by the Word of the Lord, right? And so then, when you do it and you see things shift and you see heaviness lift, et cetera, et cetera, then you go back to God. And this is the important part. And this is part of what I. Um, share when I'm consulting with someone. It's not just to move out. You've got to go back, right? When your assignment is over, you got to go back to God and sit back in his, in his presence and say, I need a debriefing. I used to have a um, security clearance with the military, uh, with the government, and we had debriefings. You got to go back to God after your assignments and get debriefing. I know what happened, but Lord, can you explain to me by the spirit What happened? And then you begin to see what authority looks like in a small matter. Yes. Right. So that you can then the next assignment he gives you, you'll walk out with greater confidence in how to be obedient to what Holy Spirit is saying, because there's no there's no authority in rebellion and disobedience. There's no authority in quenching Holy Spirit, because, again, it's not ours. It's delegated to us. So that's what I would say. And I pray that that is hopeful and really clear. Let's start with being humble and being obedient to even the smallest thing. Do it and then go back for your debriefing with Holy Spirit and ask him to help you to understand. I see what happened in the natural. Hey, God, what was happening in the realm of the spirit? Yes. And I, you know, I just want to, if you know, if I could offer a tip, it would just be to unpack even further part of what your tip, when you said ask questions, I always tell anyone that I'm working with, ask empowering questions. Because if you notice, when you listen to what Dr. Dunbar just said, she didn't tell you to ask the Lord why. She asked, she said, ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And how is it that you want me to do it? Because trying to figure out why is not empowering. You know, when we're trying to figure out like, why we're going through something or why the Lord is asking us to do something. That's not empowering, but understanding what it is that he wants us to see, what it is that he hopes that we learn and what it is that he wants us to do is going to empower you to get through things in your life and empower you to help other people get through their lives. And that's the tip that I would, that I would unpack just a little bit further for somebody that is wanting to learn how to exercise their kingdom authority. So Dr. Greenbar, as we begin to wrap this conversation up, are there any final words that you would like to have for the audience? I would like to say to people who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and this may perhaps be a conversation that might be a little uncomfortable for you because it doesn't ring true to what you've heard growing up. I would like to encourage you to go into some quiet time with the Holy Spirit and just ask the Lord, please open this up to me. Help me to understand the length and the breadth and the depth of what they are talking about. Because it is so easy to discard what we don't understand. So that would be the last piece of encouragement and wisdom 
I came out of mainline church. And I understand how easy it can be to be critical and shut yourself down to things that you've never heard before. But in so doing, you could really be subtracting from your walk with God because you won't let Holy Spirit bring you into a greater understanding of who God is and what it means to have Jesus as Lord. Yes, that's a that's a great, great point. I'm so thankful that you shared that. So, Dr. Greenbar, you do a lot of fabulous things. You know, <laughs> you consult, you mentor, you counsel, you do a lot of things in business. Like there's a lot of great things that are underneath that hat of yours. So where can our listeners find you and follow you on social media? I have a hub. <clears throat> I have a hub where Everything concerning me is easily found. And it's at drgreenbar360.com. Drgreenbar360.com. When they go there, they can see all of my websites and all of my social media. Whatever they're interested in doing, it's right there, drgreenbar.com. Perfect. So I will 360. I'm sorry. 360. Don't forget the 360. You need that. (laughs) Don't forget the 360. And I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So all you have to do is click the link. So then you're not trying to figure out like, how do I spell Cecilia? How do I spell green bar? I'm going to make it super simple for you. So Dr. Cecilia green bar, thank you so much for being here today on a God shift and listening audience. I I know that this conversation has blessed you. I don't even have to say, I hope it did. I know that it has blessed you. And I know that it has taught you some things that you may not have known or known on this level. So share, share, share this information with your friends, your families, and even your foes. And I pray that you will go back and listen to older relations, older episodes and future episodes as well. So thank you everyone. It's Shana Rattler signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.